Chi Alpha, what's up? How's everybody doing tonight? Great, things are going really well in the Moran household. Okay, that's actually not true. Uh, things are currently a hot mess at my house um, because of Glen A, actually. Um, and so Friday, uh, my core group and Glen A's core group went uh, snowboarding and skiing, um, which I have been an anti-snowboarder forever, uh, just because I don't have control of both feet. It feels really weird. I don't know how to fall. Um, and I just feel like skis, I just have so much more control over. But however, my wife is significantly more brave than I am. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go snowboarding. And so she went snowboarding, and Glenna pushed her. She fell. And uh, it's on the record right now. I'm the one with the microphone, so thank you. Uh, she fell back, uh, hit her head. She's wearing a helmet. Um, but she still got a severe concussion, um, the doctor said. Uh, so tonight, she was actually supposed to be the one that was going to preach and share with you. Um, but instead, it's me, so you get the B team. And so, sorry about that, but, you know, we do what we can. And so tonight, what we're going to be talking about, I don't even know if she's tuning in right now, because it, like, hurts her eyes and her head to have, like, a screen on or lights or loud noises, and which if you, any of you have ever been to the Moran house, it is like constant loud noises, right? Like there's four small children that are running around, um, and so if you have a moment, you can pray for her. Um, thank you. <laughs> so anyways, everybody's looking at you, Benet, like just so we're clear. Uh, so I'm actually going to preach out of her notes um, tonight. Uh, and so if anything is good tonight, it's because she wrote it. If anything is bad, it's because I said it. Um, and so you can just take that to the bank. Um, so tonight, uh, as we continue in our XAXO series, last week we talked about equality and we were made for relationships. The foundation of a sex and dating series is that you were fundamentally created for relationships, right? And that as we look at male and female, as we look at our lives, as we look at the creation account, that what we know, what we believe is that you were created to be in relationship. You were created to have brothers. You were created to have sisters. You were created to be known and to know your peers, that God is relational in and of himself, and that he has created us with a desire to be known by others. And as we see the beauty that is played out in community, that we ourselves become better because we have people around us. For some of us, this means that we're going to have friendships that are close and we're going to go on vacation together and our kids are gonna call our, us aunt and uncle. Uh, for some of us, this means that the Lord has called us into marriage and so we're going to be looking for a spouse or a partner um, in order to then move forward in what the Lord would ask for us. What we do know is that we were all created for a relationship. There is no hierarchy in the kingdom of God that you can be married, you can be single. They both are the same as the Lord would lead you. Now, what I also know is that for many of you, as I talked about singleness last week, you all prayed, Lord, not me. Some of you, I know you prayed it in your core groups this past week. You've been talking about it in one-on-ones. And so we're going to talk this week about dating um, and really going to answer some of the big questions about dating, like why should we date, uh, who should we date, when should we date, and how should we date. Okay? Katie's notes are 11 pages. Um, 
My notes are typically four pages, so buckle up, here we go, okay? Uh, and so before we get started, what you need to know, and uh, as you, like as we sang a song about abiding, as we talked about reading Missionary God, Missionary Bible, as you become invested in the biblical text, as you begin to read the story, as you see things unfold, one of the themes that you will realize that's underneath all of it is God is a God of order, but God is also a God of wisdom. That God desires for us to use our mind. He tells us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that the Proverbs in specific like, are constantly, like the underneath, the current is like wisdom. We should have wisdom. We should have wisdom. And so we're going to talk about some of the practical ways in which we can have wisdom if we were to choose to date, if the Lord would say that this is for us, and what would be wisdom in these situations. So as you leave tonight, what I want you, or as we begin the journey of these notes, um, know that what we're looking at, the undercurrent, is what would wisdom say? What would God say, and what would wisdom say in this situation? But in order to keep your attention for the next few minutes, I've got two pictures to show you from the outset. Um, the first one is black and white. Uh, oh my gosh, that's Katie and I's first dating picture right there. That's like roughly two... 2008, I think. Uh, so some of you weren't even born, right? But they had all they had was black and white cameras back then. This is like we had to take a picture of the picture because we had to like because it like you didn't have to like you know what I mean? Like it's like wow. Also notice Katie had a nose ring, right? Uh, I've been trying to convince her to get that thing back, but she just hasn't been able to do it yet. It seems like it would hurt, um, but I don't know because it wasn't my nose; it was hers. Um, so there you go. It was like one of the hoops, and I'm like, oh, whoa, that is intense. Good for you. Uh, we'll actually talk about nose rings later in the sermon. Uh, now you're all like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's, it's, it comes up in the text. I'm sorry. We're just going to cover the text. Uh, and the next one is actually a picture of our engagement. Wow. How old were they? Not very old. Like, let me tell you. So this is, uh, that's a Christmas tree in the background. Uh, this is also like uh, one of the blankets that you would have at your parents' house because this is my parents' living room. Um, we got engaged before the like uh, before the like surprise engagement scavenger hunt, like throw a party like Lance did with like the pedals and the pictures and the the duck boots and whatever. Like we we got engaged before that scene had even happened. Like Pinterest didn't exist when we got engaged, right? Like. Like the internet had just been invented, and so, um, but uh, we got engaged on Christmas Eve Eve. Okay, uh, the goal was to get engaged on Christmas Eve. Okay, I had invited, I had talked to her parents, which was a tearing, frying conversation where we went out to Red Lobster and then we walked around the mall and I asked for their daughter's hand in marriage. That's what we did. Uh, but her brother like followed us around the whole time and was like, well, I'm going to just get it out now. Uh, so I went for it. They gave me their blessing. Um, and then I said, well, why don't you guys come up for the engagement? And they were going to come up on Christmas Eve. Okay. And so uh, Katie was uh, selling programs at a UVA basketball game. She's wearing a UVA shirt right there. Uh, and then she was driving to my parents' house to spend the night uh, to hang out the next day to do Christmas Eve with my family. And I was going to do it at Christmas Eve. Okay, the only problem was I bought the ring on Christmas Eve Eve. And then she showed up. And I was like, I have to get this thing out of my possession immediately. <laughs> 
I was like, <laughs> she walked in, my hands were ice cold, they were frozen, I was terrified, I was nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to do this tomorrow, I already invited her parents up, but I have to do it right now. Okay, so what you can't see from this picture is my grandparents are on the other couch and they're watching the Weather Channel. It's happening in the background. <laughs> it's not a joke. Okay? My youngest brother is there and I'm like, dude, just start taking pictures because I think I'm gonna do it tonight. And he's like, okay. My grandparents never turn, they never even, I don't even think they heard it, right? Um, it's like, you guys are like, this is the most unromantic story. Exactly, Katie knew exactly what she was getting herself into, okay? I set the real expectations from the very beginning. Our first date was McDonald's in the dollar store. Okay, like, honey, it only, get, it only goes uphill from here. Do you know what I mean? Um, what you see is what you get. Okay, I'm just like from a small town. I'm just a redneck. Uh, where's Jordan's? Um, and so <laughs> you guys are like, oh my gosh, why is he doing this? Um, and so I got down on one knee, as you could tell. I asked her to marry me. I confessed my love for her. And she looked me square in the eye. And she said, are you serious? And I was like, I don't know what to do right now. I'm like, yes. She's, so she said, yes, it's a spoiler alert. And so we've been married for, uh, yes, yeah, surprise. We've been married for 12 years, um, which is a good marker because somebody asked me the other day, like, when was the last time you went skiing? And I was like, oh, it was 10 years ago I went skiing. And my wife was like, that's not true. We've been married for 12 and you've never been skiing since we've been married. I'm like, okay, it's been 15 years. Um, <laughs> So there you go. That is uh, where it happened, right there. This is actually, we still have this ornament right here. My mom gave it to us. It's a picture of me uh, when I was in first grade. I had a mullet. Because um, back then mullets were, they weren't cool, but still had one. Um, but now they're all of a sudden cool. I asked Katie if I could have one again, but she said no. Um, I think I'm gonna do it anyway. So. Mine gets like super curly, like, but not like in like the cool way, but like in the like, oh my gosh, what, have you washed that? And I'm like, no, why would I do that? So anyways, transition to wisdom, right, in dating, okay? So the first question is, why should you date? And the answer is, next slide please, <laughs> to get married. That's why you should date. When you think about dating relationships, the reason that you should be in a dating relationship, the reason that people get in dating relationships is to eventually get married. And then when you think about the reason behind dating, if the reason behind dating is you think about, I want to reframe it for you, maybe reset the picture for you, that, that when you think about dating, you should be thinking about marriage because that is what you have agreed to head towards. When Katie and I first started dating, we had been in a lot of relationships, and in many of those relationships, we were not considering marriage. And I look back on them, and I wonder, what in the world was I thinking? What was I doing to this poor young lady? What was I doing to myself? Why were we even in this? I wasn't ready. She wasn't ready. That's not what we hoped for. That's not what we longed for. And I, I, just, I just look back, just like, why did I do that? And again, I told you last week, the frontal lobe is not fully established until we're 25, right? And that's why I did it, right? Also, because when I looked at dating, and when some of you look at dating right now, dating has been so, so defined by so many other things that it's like, why do you look at dating? It's because, well, I need to have somebody to have a Snapchat streak with. 
It's like, mm, that's too real. Uh, I need to date in order to feel validated about myself. I need to date in order to have somebody uh, for the Valentine's dance. I need to date in order to tell my friends that I have somebody that I'm dating. I need to date and I need to date. I need, and there are so many different reasons with which that we can put in the why am I dating category. But let me encourage you, as you think about dating, as we reframe things in this sex and dating series about love, sex, and dating, LSD, right? Um, oh my gosh, she did the LSD joke again. Like, this is why Katie was going to do this week, right? Um, is, as you think about dating, as you think about who you're dating, maybe you're dating right now, and are you ready? Are you moving towards? Are you hoping to get married? And if you're Lance, you're good. Great. Um, again, Lance recently engaged. Congratulations. So, <laughs> so now that we have established the why you should date, um, I want to. Uh, I think I have a verse of scripture up there, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 23 and 24. Nice. Okay, this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. Paul says, I have the right to do anything, you say. You see, that's a quote from the church at Corinth, but not everything is beneficial. Those are Paul's words there. I have the right to do anything, they say again, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And if you are dating for your own self and not dating, considering the hopes and dreams of the other person, and I say that what you are doing is not constructive, do you have the right to do it? Sure, you could date. But maybe it's not the most beneficial thing for you. Maybe it's not the most beneficial thing for the other person. Um, and so as you think about dating in order to marry or dating in order to move, move towards marriage, I'm not saying you have to get married immediately, right? There's some wisdom that will come with longevity in dating, though I think there is a sweet spot. Also, let me just put this out from the outset, just a little disclaimer. When you get engaged, I don't really recommend super long engagements, okay? Because sometimes those can be very difficult to stay pure in, because uh, you're like, I've already committed to, to each other, and it becomes very difficult to like consider what that could be. And so um, I would consider not thinking about a super long one. When you do date someone, I think you should go around the sun with them at least once before you consider marrying them. Okay, people change in different seasons. You change in different seasons, okay? Um, and it's good to kind of see all those seasons and see that thing play itself out as you're in a dating relationship with someone. So those are two disclaimers. Another disclaimer is that uh, you do not have a soulmate. <laughs> Okay, just, just so you know, the notes right here say, I'm sorry I'm breaking your hearts right now, but this is honestly the kindest thing that I can say. You do not, there is no one for you. Okay, and here's the reason why not believing there is a one for you is helpful. Because what if they live on the other side of the world? What if they didn't know that you were their one and they married someone else? What if... Something happened to them and you guys never met or just by chance you didn't meet each other and then it's like all of a sudden you missed out on your one. Or even worse, 
What if you got married and thought that you married the one, but then you meet someone else at work who feels like they could be the one more than the one that you currently have? What do you do? Culture would tell you, go get yours. Right? You guys are like, this guy is weird. Not, not my notes or Katie's, right? <laughs> Do I think that Katie is the best person that I could have married? Absolutely not. I don't. <laughs> you guys are like, you guys are tripping right now. Okay? And here's what makes that... Wait, this, I'm serious. I'm serious as a heart attack. Katie's not going to let you back in your house tonight. Uh, no, first of all, Katie believes the same thing about me. Okay. Katie does not think that I am the best person for her. In, in, the, in a world of, how many people live in the world? Like, what do we think? Eight billion? Like, we're almost to eight billion now? Do you think that we, like, found the one? Like, what are the mathematical chances of that? There is definitely someone in the world that we would have been better fitted for. But you know what? We chose each other. We chose to love one another. We chose in sickness and in health. We chose for better or for worse. Right now, my wife can literally do nothing. Okay? She can't walk up and down steps. Like, she gets dizzy. She's got huge pain on the front of her head. And, like, it has been chaos at my house. But this is what I chose. And even though it's hard at different times, I'm still pressing into that choice that I made with my eyes wide open, with wisdom at the forefront, knowing that this is what I got myself into. Because if you don't believe that, you'll stand at the altar like half of couples in America, and you'll only mean for better, in richness, and in health. You won't even think about the other half. Because when the other half comes, they're not my one. I'm going to go find somebody else. And let me tell you now, lean into choice. Lean into love and make a choice to love the person that you are considering being in a relationship with. Whew, man. I got to go back to the notes. So, as you think about why you're dating, as you think about when you're going to date, as you think about these things, I got a quote here from Andy Stanley. He says, when you're thinking about dating, you need to start becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Right? You need to start becoming the person the person you're looking for is looking for. And so a lot of what wisdom would say as you prepare for a dating relationship, as you are in your years of college, as you are building up your life in Jesus, is to start working on yourself. Do some self-care. Do some self-understanding. Like Get to know yourself and build yourself up instead of like constantly running from relationship to relationship to relationship, looking for validation, looking for hope looking for who knows what. And I can tell you this like just from my own story. Like I look back on my dating journey and like all the girls that I dated that was it was more about me than it was about us. It was more about me than it was about her. It was more about me and what I looked like to my friends. 
And it just wasn't kind, it wasn't helpful, and I needed to spend some time working on myself and becoming the person that now Katie would want to marry. Katie wrote some really nice things about me in here. Um, I'm not gonna read them because it just feels weird. Um, so, all right, here we go. We are on to the next question, right? The next question is, when should I date? Um, gosh, what is it? It's like the third, it's like April 9th. That's a good day to date. It's like not too hot. It's not too cold, right? You can get by with like a nice sweater. Is, is it that what the date is? Like, it's, it's from a movie. Uh, yeah, right? It's like, yeah, good, great. All right. <laughs> so when we think about when to date and you think about have you, are you becoming the person that the person you're looking for would want to marry? Here's the question. When are you ready to date? I would say this. Have you... I don't believe that there are marriage problems. And all the marriages that we have today, marriages that have difficulties, that have tremendous difficulties, I don't think that there are actual marriage problems in those relationships. You know, I believe there are single person problems that you brought into marriage with you. You have time right now, before you walk across that altar, before you make that choice, before you do all these things, to work on yourself and to make decisions about who you're going to be so that, you're, so that you can serve your partner, so that you can serve your spouse, and that you need to deal with your stuff on this side instead of dragging another person into your stuff. So, this means if you are looking at pornography, if you are masturbating, did he say that? I did. You probably shouldn't be dating. You just haven't dealt with your stuff yet. It's not fair to bring that into your relationship. If you're not financially free, you are like running up hordes of debt just because and consumer debt, you should work on that before you bring that into a relationship. If you are a slave to other people's thoughts about you, if you are a narcissist, if you are puffed up by your image, do not bring that into a dating relationship. You need to work on yourself and work your stuff out with Jesus. Now look, what I'm not saying, do not hear this, that I think it would be perfect today, right? That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying too many times we rush through the process of who we are, who we can become, because we want to be fulfilled by the person standing with us. We want to be seen walking with someone down the quad. Like, we want to have somebody that will punch us in every time, right? It's like, oh, that's a meal plan. Let's go. Um, like, that was a weird example. Sorry. I will strike that one from the record. Um, but deal with your stuff on this side. Become that person. Abide with Jesus. Spend time with him. Spend consistent time with Jesus. And let these things work themselves out in the context of the relationship that you're in, and then begin to pursue dating relationships. So when should you date? I think when you work some things out. Um, so, 
time we had this series, uh, Katie gave this talk, and what she encouraged was what we call six months no dating starting right now, February 1st. So if you are not currently dating, I will encourage you to consider taking six months off where you're just going to spend time with Jesus. That you're going to work some things out, the things that you know, like as I said, you need to work with yourself, there are things that pop up in your mind, and you try to push them away as quickly as possible. Like maybe Jesus wants to do some work right now. Maybe as you like get lunch this week with your quarter leader, you're going to confess to them that this is what's going on, and they're going to journey with you for this next six months. Um, maybe you're like, I don't want to do that, that's fine, I'm not, this is not mandatory, it's just an encouragement. For you to figure out a time to work on yourself and you and your future partner, if you would so choose to have a partner, will thank you for that. Katie and I were both in long-term relationships before we started dating. I was dating um, her co-leader, and she was dating my housemate. Um, just a fun fact in Chi Alpha. Uh, also, like, let me just say this. If you date someone in Chi Alpha and then you break up with them, I don't think they're off limits for everybody else in town. Okay, do you know what I mean? Like, like you don't like own that person for the rest of their time in college, okay? I don't know why people get like that. Like, you passed, okay? So now you don't get to say like who they get to date now, okay? They're now back in the pool. They can be in someone's basket. Like, they can make that decision about that person, okay? And praise God that that was the case, okay? Uh, I like to say that we just like traded. Katie gets really mad when I say that. And so, anyways, um, and so uh, we both got out of long-term relationships. Um, and uh, then this is in the notes. Uh, Katie agreed to do six months of dating, and I didn't know that she had agreed to do this. Okay, right? So then we're like kind of hanging out, like it's like some like, hey, like, ooh, this could be like, uh, back, this is a like G-chat that just started on like Google chat, like you guys probably know Google chat is right. Hey, look, okay, look, listen, 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 listen. Yeah, it was called G-chat. Okay, first of all, we had to pay for text messages, okay? Text messages cost money per text, okay? So like talking on the internet was like way better, okay? Um, okay, so it just like, wow, this dude is old, like, yeah, you have no idea, okay, my body hurts when I wake up in the morning, okay? Um, I, like, keep a leave in several different places in the house, right, because it's good for eight hours instead of, like, six-hour time also. Um, anyways, so again, we're moving right along, okay? Dating's doing six months of dating, uh, and it began to be clear to each of us that we might be interested in the other one, uh, and then Katie wrote me an email. Right? The first line of the email said, I think you might like me if you don't stop reading. Okay? If you do, continue reading. Okay? So I continued reading, right? Check, right? Moving right along, right? And then it explained that she was doing six months no dating, she was going to work some things out, and then we couldn't talk until that date. And so you know what? That's what we did. And then you know what happened? When, when we sat down to start dating, we were like, hey, and we were both in long-term relationships beforehand that ended, it was really hurtful, we had spent a lot of time together, we had done some things with the other person that had like connected us to each other. 
in ways that weren't beneficial, now that we weren't dating, in ways that weren't honoring to God, and it's like, what, what are we doing here? And we agreed from the outset that if at ever a point that we were like, hey, this person is not the person I want to marry, then you know what? We're going to get out. We'll agree to that from the beginning, and we won't hurt each other at the end. We're just going to say, hey, this isn't for me, and we're going to move on. But if we're in it, and we're believing that we're going to be in it to win it, right, and that we're dating with the intention of being married, and this is how it's going to play. So we started dating, we'll call it May, it's fine. Um, and that summer, Katie knew that she wanted to marry me. Okay, I knew much later, I knew in the fall. Um, and it happened like this. I woke up one October morning and I thought, hey, you know what? Why not? And it is like the most unromantic story that you could have heard, right? You're like, you're, you think it's preposterous that I would even say it out loud. But I actively chose in that moment, not because of the way that she looked, because looks will fail. Not because of anything that had happened that day, but because of who she was and who we were becoming, that this was going to be what we were going to do. At that point, she became my ride or die. <clears throat> and it's like, you know, it's like, it's not that romantic. There's like no butterflies. Because actually butterflies are typically a sign of infatuation. Or he's Maybe I had just a little bit too much of that stuff they call pork up there at the Chinese place. Who knows what that is? Anybody ever seen that color red before? Not me, but I eat it every week, right? Um, and I believe that as you move through infatuation, you move through disillusionment, then you get to make an actual choice of wisdom about who you are, about who they are, and about which way you're headed. Okay, so now we have looked at why you should date. Then we looked at when you should date. So let's take a turn to who you should date. Holy We're not going to have time for a song again. Sorry, Ben. Um, just wanted to know that now. So, uh, who you should date. We're going to call these the RPMs. How to recognize a potential mate. Um, <laughs> broom, broom, baby. Alright, number one. You should date a person who loves Jesus. Hmm, I think I have a scripture there, right? Uh, I don't have it written in my notes, but I have a scripture. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 6.14, Paul says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Paul is saying here, he's not talking about uh, relationships like in the marketplace, he's not talking about relationships at school, he's not talking about friends in your neighborhood, he's talking about relationships like marriage relationships. He's talking in the context of marriage and understanding who you should marry, which then in turn means who you should date. And that we as Christians, if you are in the room and you're a Christian, then you should only be dating other Christians. And again, this is not about like insiders and outsiders, but it's about where do we feel like we are headed. 
I think one of the questions I want you to ask is, do we burn at the same temperature? Do we love the same things? Are we moved by the same things? Or else it's just going to get tremendously difficult the longer you're in a relationship. Flirt to convert does not work. Okay? A lot of your, a lot of youth groups try this out, right? A lot of friends like, you know what? I'm going to, no. Stop it. Okay. Think about this, okay? Uh, have you ever been in a group project, right? And you've got like a, like most of you, you got a way that the group project is supposed to happen. And then you have that one person in the group that is like dead weight, right? You're like carrying them around, like you're dragging them to the finish line. That is what it could be like to date and to marry someone who does not share the same belief system that you do. You will get into points in your life where decisions will have to be made, and the way in which you make decisions, the things that which are the most important to you, will be very different for you and for them, and that will only create turmoil and heartache and frustration over and over and over again. I have a dear friend, and we were talking the other day, and when we were talking about this, we were talking about the mission field. Um, and as she shared, she said, you know, I was called to the mission field when I was a, a young girl. I was so excited about going to the mission field, but you know, I met a guy, and we got married, and he does love Jesus. He does, dynamically, he loves Jesus. Um, he just never wanted to go to the mission field. And so, uh, I talked to him about it, and we talk about it every once in a while, but, you know, we've gotten older now, and I don't think it's ever in our hearts, so I still wish that we would have, I still wish that we would. And that, that hurt my heart. I'm not saying it wasn't wisdom for them to get married. It's not I'm saying I'm not going to look back on that. They're married. Like, they're, they're the one for each other now. Like at this point, they're soulmates, right? And then you can't have soulmates. It's not until you get married. Um, but, like, do you burn at the same temperature? If you're in the room and you're like, you know what, I want to move to the Middle East. I want to move to the airport. That should probably be one of the ways in which you recognize a potential man. Like, are you interested in this also? Like, is this, is this where we're headed? Because if, if we're not, then like, self-eject, right? Like, let's make a wise choice about our future and think about, like, who we are with and what we're thinking about. Next, you should marry a person with good character. Now I got a proverb up here. It's a good one. You're, it is wild the things that you'll read in the Bible. If you just like commit to reading your Bible, it is wild the things that you will find. Uh, one time, our small group spent a whole semester just studying weird deaths, uh, <laughs> and we didn't even get to cover them all in a semester. It's like, oh, there is some wild stuff in the Bible. And so just keep reading. Okay, so here's Proverbs 11, 22. Like a gold ring and a pink snout. Told you, told you, nose rings are coming in later. Right here it is is a beautiful woman without discretion. Okay, Proverbs written from a father to a son, um, though I think it is very easy to make conclusion also from a mother to a daughter, from a father to a daughter. And so, uh, like a gold ring in a pink snout is a, uh, we can say beautiful man without discretion. But a person without good character is not worth you considering. Like, why would you want to do that to yourself? If they're not a nice person, if they're not a good person, they're not a noble character, you should not put yourself through that. You should not put your family through that. You should not put your potential future children through that. 
This person is not nice. Do you want them to be like the co-parent of your kids? Do you want them to treat your kids the way that they treat their friends? And if you can't say yes to that, then you should probably not consider dating them. Until they go and deal with their stuff. Until they go and work out those things. And because like it, it's so easy to get caught up in looks. And, and if we would have had more time in this series, I would have like handed out surveys and we would have filled out like what the top five things are you're looking for in a potential spouse. And the dudes would have all like written looks down second because they didn't want to like like well it's, I don't want to do the top thing, um, but it's definitely super important. Um, maybe the girls will like me more if I say it's second. Um, and I mean, girls will always put character things first. It's a great job, girls. Um, bad job, guys. Um, so we didn't even fill the survey out. You're like, sorry, I just I know enough of you to know. Um, and so like. And like, we're, like, I am twice your age. Like, I looked a lot younger in that picture. Um, and it's only getting worse, okay? My poor wife, like, right, is just on a steady decline, right? Thankfully, I still have hair, right? But some people, and it's starting to get a little gray, like, on the sides. So we got to keep it shorter, right? But, like, this is, like, what life will be. But, hopefully, my character is still, like, who I am. And that we can still be in this together. We can still make a choice to love one another because we base that choice on who we were and who we were becoming and what was underneath the surface as opposed to like what summertime could be like. Because for what? You never know like what's going to happen or what it's going to look like or what is like, done, like the future is going to be. So base your relationships on something so much deeper than just looks. Base it on their character. Next, when you think about a person that you are going to be in a relationship with, I think you need to consider that person as a BFF candidate. Because, like, if they become your ride or die, they're going to be your best friend forever. And just case you didn't know what BFF meant. Um, I was like, this guy's a loser. His poor wife, right? So, probably had a concussion early on, too. Um, good job, you're still with me. Good job, good job, good job, good job, good job. Good job. Um, like, I mean, when I, my kids leave the house, it's just going to be the two of us. What are we going to do? We're going to talk to each other. We're going to dream with one another. Like, we're going to be excited about the things that are happening, right? Like, we bought a golf membership this past uh, January 1st, and we intend on playing golf together once a week at least. And just spending time with one another. Because, like, we're in this together, and we, like, we want to do things together. We've been watching the Marvel movies together. Okay, we were supposed to watch Endgame this past weekend, but screens are not in her future right now. And so you know what I've done? I've held off on watching Endgame. Okay? Because I like owe that to my wife, and it is totally worth it for us to have that experience together. I think that, that watching the movie or the show in front of, like, before your partner is like one of the worst things you can do in a marriage. I'm like, oh my god, I'm good. You're like, when you log into the next Netflix, and it's like, wait, we didn't see that one. Why is it already clicked through? And it's like, mm, no, no, no. No, no, no. So like, as you're like in it together, as you think about marrying someone, this is someone I'm going to want to spend a lot of time with, and, and I'm going to choose this. 
Alright, next, I think you should also consider relational compatibility. Like, here's the question, like, will you want to kiss this person? I think that's also important. Being attracted to the person that you want to be in a relationship with is still allowed to be a thing. Okay? Still, like, even, even in Christian circles, right? Like, we're still, like, you don't, like, become blind when you become a Christian, right? Like, it's, not, it's not a fact, right? Sometimes, anyways. Um, never mind. That was an aside that we're not going to go into. And so, like, as you think about the person you're dating, you should want to be with them uh, relationally. You should want to be with them physically is the word I'm looking for, but not in that way. Okay, so, like, you should want to hold hands with them. Like, if that's what you want for your life, you know what I mean? Like, you should, you should there, it's okay for, like, there to be some, like, yes, like, excitement, Okay. As opposed to like every time you get a text, like, oh, I hope it's not him or I hope it's not her. Like that would not be a lot of fun to be the other person in that relationship. You guys look at me like I'm crazy, but like these are like real life scenarios that I'm walking you through, like friends that I have, friends that are my age, like friends that you have. It's like, oh, it'll fall in chains. And it's not funny. That's stupid. You could have made a wise choice beforehand, or even right now, you could be making a wise choice to choose to love this person. So, make an informed choice. Again, you are the agent in this situation, so make an informed choice. Oh my gosh. Here we go, we're on how right now. How should you date? Okay, this is like crazy in today's world. Like, how in the world does someone date? How does someone even start dating? Does it start with Snapchat? Does it start with an instant DM? Like, does it start on the side of, like, who knows how to date? <laughs> so, I have a top ten list here for how to date. Here we go. Let's, uh, let's look at that. Here's the first five. Number one, the top ten of dating is hanging out. Okay, you should be hanging out with people. You're in college, right? Okay, I know that you think that you don't have enough time to hang out. This is the most free time you'll ever have in your life. I know you don't believe me, but actually in most jobs, you will not be able to ever take a nap in the middle of the day. Fortnite in the middle of the day is not a thing, okay? Uh, getting coffee in the middle of the day is not a thing, okay? This is the most free time you will ever have in your life, and so hang out with people. You were built for relationships, and so hang out. Also, when you're hanging out, hang out with people that you might be considering a dating relationship with. Rumor has it that there are these things in Kaiapa that are called houses. And like some of them have like a bunch of guys in them, and some of them have a bunch of girls in them, okay? And Paul's living room is clean, okay? So put that out. He's a man of noble character, okay? As you hang out, you should hang out in both of those houses. You should hang out with people that are the same sex as you, and you should hang out with people who are not the same sex as you. You should be able to be in relationship with a lot of different people in half at a time. Now here's the thing. I know what it's like to be in a small community, right? I know what it's like where people all live within a couple block radius, what happens when somebody starts hanging out at one of the other houses? Everybody starts texting about them. Did you see so-and-so at so-and-so's house? Like they was there until who knows when? Did you see who sat beside each other with dinner the other night? Oh my gosh, I think they might have touched when they were praying. 
<laughs> when this happens about you, take it as a sign that the community loves you and cares for you and move on. If you've been frustrated by the way that people have done that to you, don't do it to other people. Okay? But we, we can love each other well. We can notice where people are. Like, oh my gosh, like I found my friends on it. They is in the same place again. And you see that, and then they both moved in the same place again. Like, they might be riding in a car together. They might just have class together. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so hang out. Okay, then, okay, now you've been hanging out, you've been hanging out in groups, you've been asking the guys, like, yo, I need a wingman, you're coming to the girls' house tonight, we're all going so that I can hang out with so-and-so, and you just talk to the rest of them, I don't care what you do, we're just going together, because we're going in a group, because together is better than alone. Then what happens is you ask someone, hey, I'm interested in you. <laughs> Would you be interested in getting coffee with me? Brewbite is actually pretty good coffee. Highly recommend. And I have great blueberry muffins. They do have great blueberry muffins. You'll need a napkin though. Yes. Yeah, they were kind of messy. Uh, we went together. Uh, but not on a date. Uh, and so, uh, here's the thing. If you're a girl, you can ask a guy. Okay? If you're a guy, you can ask a girl. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what you need to know about the opposite sex. Everybody's a coward. So you know what you need to do? You need to be an aggressive receiver. Okay? If you are like asking to be asked out, if you're like trying to ask somebody out, like sometimes you need to go over the top with the way in which you receive compliments. For the way in which you like you talk about things, the way in which you like become interested in the things that they're interested in, right? Become an aggressive receiver. Okay, then you ask them out, and then what do you do after that? You go on a date. Okay, maybe it's coffee, maybe it's ice skating, maybe it's skiing. Uh, you get a lot of time on the lift, and maybe you take them to the ER. Um, <laughs> Right? Like, your opportunities are endless when it comes to dating. Like, there are so many things that you can do that are fun in town. There are so many things that you can do in town that are cheap. Okay? You know, this doesn't have to be, like, extravagant. Okay? McDonald's is a dollar store. You know what we did? We bought a, uh, like, a mop bucket. We went into the... Oh, this is being recorded. Um, we went into the National Forest and we cut down a tree illegally and then put it in the bucket uh, as a Christmas tree. Uh, we were, we had it in the, uh, she had a sunroof on her Pontiac Sunfire at the time, uh, and so I just held the tree through the sunroof. But we didn't bring any rope because we didn't have any money. Um, so we, there you go, no cap. Um, so think about like where you want to go, and then, and then here's what you do. Number four, you get to uh, DTR, define the relationship. Are we dating or are we not? Then you get to make that decision after you've been on one date. You can make the decision after you've been on two dates. If you get to the point where you'd be mad if they went out with someone else, you're dating in your mind. And that's not fair to them if you haven't actually said it out loud. It's not fair to the community. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to them. Okay? So you need to have that conversation with yourself, and then you got to say it out loud. Which can be scary, 
It's actually beneficial in the long run. Um, and then uh, number five is you need to get some boundaries. Uh, if you uh, fail to plan, plan to fail. You need to put some boundaries in your dating relationship in order to protect yourselves, in order to protect your futures. As you think about your time. Katie and I sat down and went through a worksheet. <laughs> Nerds. Um, and we like, wrote out the things that we were not going to do and the things that we were going to do. Some of the things felt really obvious we weren't going to do these things, and we still had to write them down. And then, as we started dating, we realized some things were uh, turning us on in a way that we could not fulfill outside of the marriage life, and so okay, we had to stop doing that. So then we added that to our list. And then, as we like began to hang out with each other later at night, we realized that we were not doing positive things after 1 a.m., we had to stop hanging out after 1 a.m. Unless there was somebody else in the room. So we just couldn't trust ourselves. We just weren't ready for that. So we just set those boundaries out. And then we realized that maybe we should actually stop kissing with tongue. Because hey, you guys ever watched a movie where people kiss with tongue? What do they do next? Right? Yeah. And we were not ready to do that. Katie likes to say, when you French kiss, you're like literally inserting a part of your body into someone else's body. <laughs> yeah. So think about what your boundaries will be. Okay, next we're going to move into the next. Number six, have fun. Oh my gosh, how many couples like have fun through the courtship phase? Like they're like, oh my gosh, we're interested in each other. Ah, oh, this is so fun. Let's hang out. Oh, this is so, oh, let's do this. And they start dating, like, okay, now no fun. We will see each other once a week for 50 minutes. We're like, I fit you into my class schedule then. And like, now that like we are committed, we will now no longer have fun. Gosh, you're setting yourself up for like a lot of heartbreak there. And if you can't learn how to laugh, there's going to be a lot of things that happen in marriage. Um, it's going to be like, yeah, that was actually quite funny. I didn't know that a body could make that kind of noise. Um, but it turns out it can. Agree to laugh in those moments. Have fun with each other. Dating is allowed to be fun. It doesn't always have to be serious all the time. What does the Joker say? Why so serious? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have fun with one another. Do stupid stuff together. Okay? Like, sing in tanto as loud as you possibly can. Like, in the middle of class. With each other. That'd be a great day. And make it sure it's not one of your classes. Like, just like, <laughs> show up to one of Paul's chemistry classes. <laughs> What do you know what you're talking about? <laughs> um, so then execute the plan. Uh, when you're going on dates, you need to have a plan for what you're going to do on those dates so people can know where you are and what you're going to do. And then just execute that plan as you like stray from the plan. Spontaneity is okay, but for us it was spontaneity within a certain set of rules. So that meant that we weren't going to be out past 1 a.m. Okay, so you got to consider those things. Think about what your boundaries will be. I encourage you to walk through your boundaries with the person who's disciple. Uh, number eight, grow relationally. You should want to be getting to know the person you are considering marrying, right? 
And so you want to grow relationally with them. Um, a good question to ask, and even for those of you that are in long distance relationships, like it's like sometimes like what do we talk about? Like how often do we talk? What are we supposed to even say? Like do we just recount our day to one another? But actually I already snapped you all those things. So like what do we do now that we're on the phone? Like what are we supposed to say? What are three things from your day and how did they make you feel? And just respond to those questions. These are questions we'll often ask our kids as we're at the dinner table. These are questions we just check in with each other. Even now that we see each other, like our offices, our living room. Um, and like, ask each other questions and grow relationally. Get to know the person you're considering um, spending the rest of your life with. And then there are not being community. Nothing's worse than the dating couple that then is no longer a part of the friend group. Like, oh, where did... Where did Mark go? I was trying to think of like somebody's name. That was. I was like, I was like, ah, I don't want to say somebody's actual name. Like, where did Mark go? Like, he was a part of us, and then all of a sudden he was with Beth. Beth? Okay, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say Sarah, but it's like I feel like there's probably a lot of Sarahs. Uh, and so, uh, like, where did Mark and Beth go? I don't know. I haven't seen them since they started dating. Like, we still hang out in the community. Don't make it weird for the third person or fourth person or fifth person with you. I mean, you got to consider like what your public displays of affection will be. PDA, which used to be a phone, but is now affection. Um, thank you. Um, and so, like, instill and, and hanging out in the community. Don't ostracize one another just because you're dating. Like, bring the community into it because sometimes they will see things in your relationship that you're not willing to see yourself or you're not willing to say out loud. And you need brothers or sisters who are going to be there for you and with you. Oh, and number 10, break up well. Like, be honest with one another. Like, hey, by the way, I just have to throw this in there. It's not a tough thing of dating, because at this point you're not dating, you're breaking up. Uh, but if you feel like it's not going anywhere, it's not headed to where either one of you wanted to go, then break up. And throw them back into the community. Like, help yourselves! First street! No, don't yell that. <laughs> That'd be super weird. Maybe take some time, you know, redefine yourself, like get back into who you are, um, and then like allow for this to happen. Alright, so now we've covered why, who, how, when. That's all I have. Great! Because time is up. Um, so, I believe the Lord would encourage you all to act in wisdom. Here's what else I've done. In a room this size, with your age, with what uh, life is like right now, some of you would admit out loud right now that this is not what you have done. And as I talk about it, you have been either mad at me, or frustrated, um, or regretful of your past, um, or your present, or whatever it would be. And I want you to know that when I talk about this, when Katie and I write this, like we have our own past that we bring, we brought into our relationship. We have our own past sexual partners, we have our own past um, decisions that we made that we brought into our marriage. Now we do a lot of premarital and pre-engagement counseling. Um, and actually, like I've, we've gone through it with both my brothers at this point. And we were sitting, um, I mean, I could walk you to where we were sitting in my parents' old house as we were, were uh, counseling my brother and his wife, his now wife. Um, and we were talking about sexual intimacy. And as Katie began to share a little bit of her story, 
my jaw hit the ground. And my brother was like, hey, dude, like, did you not know that about her? And I'm like, oh, I did. It's just not who she is right now, and I just have completely forgotten. It's not how I defined her. It's not how the Lord defined her. Like, my past is not the way the Lord defines me. Like, even as I prayed through that psalm earlier, like, I sat back there very thankful the Lord has brought me to where I am, and I'm not the person that I was. Thank God for His grace. So as, like, you think about, like, your current, as you think about your past, know that Jesus is here with you right now and wants to be with you. As we reset, as we redefine what love, sex, and dating can be, like, let the Lord into those moments. Like, as we talk about abiding and growing devotionally with Jesus, like, I believe that a real devotion to Jesus is like, will, will change so many things about you. And one of those is the way in which you think about yourself and that you begin to think thoughts that the Lord has about you instead of what society has about you. As you begin to think the thoughts that the Lord has about you instead of what a past partner thought about you. So the way in which a past partner used you. Or the way in which a past partner did other things to you. And the Lord wants to be with you. So I encourage you, like, work this out within your communities. Talk about it in your houses. Talk about it with your small group. Talk about it with your small group leader. Like, find people to be with you in this journey as you reset the love, sex, and dating can look like. Does that sound good? So, I'm going to pray. And we're going to have the benediction. And then I have one more announcement. Gracious God, thank you so much. We can be gathered here tonight because we redefine what love, sex, and dating can be um, based on a biblical standard, based on wisdom. Um, God, we need to, to make the choice. We don't have to be infatuated, that we're not just run by emotions, but that instead that we can have the mind of Christ and as we work these things out, go on purpose and with purpose that you are the God that is there. That you are the God that takes chaos and that you make order and that you have given us like, minds to think. And so, God, help us think well. Help us to plan well. Help us to choose well when it comes to a dating relationship, if that is what you would have for us, for the benefit of us, for the benefit of our future partners, and for the benefit of our communities as we understand who we are. We are made in your image and purely loved by you. We love you, King Jesus. We pray all this in your strong and mighty name. Let me pronounce the benediction over you. You can stand for it if you wish. You can hold your hands out if you want. It's up to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he be gracious to you and may he turn his countenance towards you. And may he give you shalom and wisdom as you pursue everything that you would have for you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go Dukes!